Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for stage 18 of the Vuelta España brought to you by Morton. But, wow, you be careful what you wish for. <laughs> Everyone, a lot of drama yesterday. Uh, with you know Sepp Kuss being dropped by Vingegaard and Roglic, and today we had the final hard mountain stage from Polada Allende to La Cruz de Linares. I think Neil Stevens said on commentary that his this he believed this was the hardest stage of the race, and it, I can see where he's kind of coming from in mm-hmm. that it has actually some length to it, 180 k's long, with uh, five climbs and two three of them are like. 20 minutes averaging over eight and a half percent. The main or uh, appetite, not appetizer, the main dish is the Puerto de la Cruz de Linares. 8.3 Ks, eight and a half percent. First five Ks, 10.3 percent. Levels off. They do it twice. There's bonies at the top of the first repetition. What did you think would happen today, Benji? I think you picked uh, Loremco. I picked Loremco from the breakaway because I had a specific scenario in mind from the stage. I basically saw. Jumbo Visma trying to get a non-dangerous breakaway up the road, as in non-dangerous to GC. Breakaway winning, that's what I expected, because 175 kilometers after controlling two stages of 120 kilometers and not necessarily controlling the longer stages, I didn't expect Jumbo to control this stage. I expected them to let the breakaway go and set a, uh, set a relaxed tempo, but still somewhat of a tempo where the breakaway gets like, a ton of minutes, so they, they go for the stage win. I expected Emko to try again, because he, he's been saying that he's going to try every time, especially on this one, because he also did a recall on this one, also on yesterday's stage, but that didn't work out, so I was wondering how tired he was going to be going into the stage. But I did not expect GC Cus to be attacked today. As in, can we Why? just, like, quickly analyze the situation from yesterday? Oh, yeah. The day after? Because I feel like I fully agree with your take yesterday on the podcast. As in, Interesting. The take, ooh, interesting. That, that's scary, huh? <laughs> I don't know what I said. <laughs> so we refresh us. Well, basically, you you gave the take that Jonas was fine with Kuss winning the race, but not necessarily with Roglic ending up winning if Kuss collapses, right? And yeah. he somewhat confirmed that in the interview this morning, where he he said the following on TV two. I think that's the uh, the Danish. Um, Danish broadcaster he basically said that in in the moment yesterday he didn't really have anyone to tell him what to do in that situation so he didn't really know how to respond to that situation as in he wanted Kuss to win the race but he he followed Roglic because he didn't know what to do in the situation so I've always had this opinion of of Vingo where I said it in the Tour de France on stage 2 and stage 6 even on Cotere and I'd argue in different moments as well in the Tour de France that he sometimes has these moments where he needs to make a quick decision in the race himself, sometimes in relation to other riders, sometimes in, related to, in relation to himself, and that that might be his, his small vulnerability. Those like quick decisions in the race where he 
he kind of needs someone else to tell him how to do that situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Like on Colts Ray, you could probably feel, maybe feel that Poggy was still there after a long time. Whereas when he's dropped him in the past, it's quite quick usually. Maybe Von 2 was two minutes pacing. Colteray felt like a long time after Tourmalet in the wheel. So yeah, maybe there is some truth to that. And I think, I think it's way too simplistic to say, ah, well, he wants the red jersey. Yeah. Why doesn't he just wait for Coos? It's like, it's the Angleroo. How can he know the state of Coos' legs if he waits for him? He then gifts it to Roglic. Um, so, I'm trying to move the Highland Cow out of the way. So, and then also, <laughs> I, I was also thinking, oh, well, you know, we're watching on TV. He, we can see Coos hasn't cracked. Why doesn't he just wait a little bit? But uh, apparently they had like no signal. They couldn't see the images. He doesn't have real time gaps. So, what's he supposed to do, right? At the top of Angleroo before the 200 meter descent, break, put his foot down. Count thirty seconds, and then to see if Coos rolls back. I mean, that, no, I think I that's I think that's asking too much. Doesn't it go earlier then? If you, if you as a team want Coos to win the race, which that hadn't been decided, as in people were still allowed to go for their own at that yes. point in the race, right? Because Ayuso was before Angliru, relatively close to GC. Well, if Ayuso started stomping, yeah, halfway through Angliru. And Sep dropped, Roglic and Vingegaard yeah. would have gone with Ayuso. Yeah, exactly. And like, I can understand each side of the argument there. As in, Vingegaard also sees Roglic go up the road and wants to be the winner if Kuz doesn't win. Roglic probably realizes, okay, I need to establish myself as a co-leader for next year because, oh, Jonas was able to win two stages here by attacking early. I never really got that opportunity now that I'm doing it people are responding to me from my own team. And like that angle, I probably understand a bit as well, as in he's where he wants to have that co-leadership next year. And I feel like every single one has it, but the rivalry between Roglic and Vingegaard in that way made Kuz collateral damage. Yeah, and Luke said this to us off air after the pod yesterday. What didn't make sense was if Roglic wants to win the race overall, mm -hmm. why... Like, I don't know, he was pacing full gas to the line with Coos dropped, and he said in the interview afterwards he knew Coos was dropped, but that was just gifting Vingegaard red. Like, that's, that's where I sort of, it didn't make sense to me. So maybe it's what you're saying, you know, it's this power play. Um, were you surprised by how big the backlash was? Because it was unanimous. It was traditional media, and listen, we consume Anglophone mm -hmm. media, not, I'm yeah. sure Danish media and Slovenian media has a different take to our, yeah. what we normally consume, but everywhere traditional media tv broadcast twitter us other podcasts was sort of all in line with that wasn't great what happened there because and, yeah we've seen it from the sidelines because doing everything he's done for Jumbo visma and we feel like he deserves to be rewarded now that he's in a position and i actually don't agree with the thought that this is gifting a grand tour victory yes Vera could win this grand tour but He's not in the lead going into these stages. And it's a matter of respect to the rider that is in the lead at that moment. And that's basic teamwork. That's not gifting a, a race away. Exactly. It's just, and I said it yesterday, it's, it's too simplistic to look at one stage. There is a whole sequence of events that happen in a Grand Tour. Decisions made along the way, which you do for teammates 
or the teammate does this for that reason and and then to be like oh well anyway we won't rehash too much yesterday but there were some strong feelings in many camps uh obviously yeah. <laughs> online and and in the media about what happened and so today the big question was what will happen uh in this mountain stage and if you need fueling for mountain stages or when you're going long morton is the best sports nutrition product for that morton has the carbohydrate gels encapsulated in hydrogel technology not only is it easier to, to digest there's more carbohydrates in their gel 160 than any other competitor on the market the, the gel 100 has been made famous for the carbohydrate absorption due to the uh, hydrogel technology and the lower risk of gastro distress especially if you're pounding loads of gels per hour but now with the gel 160 you have a, a 40 grams 40 grams of carbs in each sachet which gives you more options to refine your fueling strategy it's interchangeable with the gel 100 your drink mixes a perfect combination depending on the race or your training situation and it still has the same ratio of fructose and glucose uh, as the gel 100s in the gel 160 so just an incredible new product on the sports nutrition market. Perfect for your longer endurance rides and sessions. And Morton products are used by Yumbo Visma, SD Works, Canyon Shram, Wanty, and Unox in the Pro Peloton. If you want to try the Gel 160 and get 20% off your order on Morton.com, you can use the code Lantern Rouge 18 for this stage 18. That's L A R. L A, I can't even spell my, I can't even spell Lantern Rouge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> capital L A N T E R N E R O U G E 1 8. That's valid for 72 hours. Really encourage you to try it out for, uh, yeah, your next big days on the bike, on the feet, or whatever you do, uh, outdoors or indoors. Anyway, Benji. So today breakaway. was the day we would see, well, we would see when oh. the breakaway went. That's kind of, uh, clue one, maybe that they're gonna go for Coos, right? Yeah, I reckon as well. Because if the breakaway goes and Yumbo allows the breakaway to go for the stage, then the bonus seconds go away, which is also a factor there. But the initial breakaway attempts, once again, I didn't see them on the broadcast because the broadcast hadn't started initially from the start, but included the MQA pull again every single day. The first line on my notes in these mountain stages initial breakaway attempts, including the MQA pull. <laughs> I, I didn't even have to change it from yesterday, but there was a breakaway that formed a pretty solid one as well with Avenipool included, no Cataneo or Vervaak or any other tug buddy for him in this, this stage though, which with all the valleys might be useful. We've seen it has, we've seen it have a negative effect on a stage before when he lost and got fourth in that stage, but whether he would need it today, who knows? He was there with Bernal, Caruso, Bernard, Aski, Germani, Dens, Drisner, Skron, Piccolo, uh, Erviti, Pool, Max Pool, Hofstetter, and Ursulain. When I look at this breakaway, I'm like, Bernal, I want him to win this stage from the depths of my heart, but with the strength he's shown in this Vuelta, I do not believe it. Still believe that Sivakov should have been chosen in, in this race instead of Bernal, especially with the stuff he's showing in the Italian classics at the moment. Caruso, is he there for himself? Probably, since I believe that the break will go full. Yeah. But he could also be a satellite rider if he completely at some point that's also possible 
But when I look at the rest of the breakaway, Max Pool's the only other rider where I saw, okay, he can he can offer something against Evenepoel on these kind of stages, but I was like, yeah. Ain't nobody Evenepoel, beating him. <laughs> it's yeah. just not happening. He should win this stage. Because <laughs> the, the climbs are not that long, right? And it, it yeah. is the perfect stage for him, and this is why I'd really like to see Remco do Lombardia if he can carry some mm -hmm. shape. Because, okay, that's, they're 10Ks, 8Ks, they're not Sierra Nevada. They're not like Robert Hayson dropped him on the obisk. They're not the obisk. 17, 18 Ks at, at 30 to 20 minutes. Remco is just unbelievably good. And also there's these valleys and punchy climbs in between where compared to a Max Poole or a Caruso, if he gets a little gap. See ya. If, if he wants to go along. So it's just the perfect stage design for him. That being said, Caruso not someone to be trifled with, strong on uh, Angleroo yesterday, and also the stage he won in the Vuelta in 2021 was Alto de Velafique, where he went really long himself, 70k solo, and that was a 190k stage, which is long for the Vuelta, so um, Caruso not to be trifled with, Poole hasn't really showed his Romandy form, but yeah, it's I don't know, people, they almost, like Caruso said in the interview afterwards, like, I knew, like, I knew there's, if this if this guy has his legs, Remco, we're just really along for the ride. Um, because if Remco's setting a pace on all the climbs mm -hmm. that you can't attack off, like a sky train of one, he's like a one-man army from Call of Duty. <laughs> when are you supposed to, where, what are you, when are you supposed to go? He's doing like a, a one-man whole stage time trial. Valley, maybe? I guess. I reckon. But he's like, better than them on the flat. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but then then group dynamics come into play because then Remco might be yeah. like, oh, getting frustrated that someone's not pulling like someone country. back with him. Yeah, exactly. But that being said, we, we look at this breakaway and fact number one is that he wants to secure KOM. So he goes to the top of the climb. Nobody fights him for it, which he he's happy about. He thanks them afterwards crossing the line and he secures the KOM jersey, which... I don't care too much about a KOM jersey, but you, you might as well maximize as much as possible from the things you can win if your GC has fallen through the, uh, through the ice. And he's now trying to get his third stage win, but having secured KOM, he goes to the next climb, and the riders are dropping one by one once we get to the uh, Tenebredo climb, basically the third last climb. That's where Evenepoel really starts pushing, and it's the kind of pushing where he does that tempo where you see everybody in the middle like, oh god. How long am I gonna am I gonna survive this? And half the group was gone by the top of that climb. We had left Bernal Caruso, Bernard, Cron, Piccolo, Max Poul, and Ursula. Then we got to uh the first of the Cruz de Linares climbs. And on that one, we saw a bit of a move by Cron, which was quickly responded to by Remco. I feel like that Cron move was a bit of a, a last minute try to make something happen because he probably felt the legs weren't there to win the stage anyway. And Remco just gradually drops everyone except Max Poole and Damiano, and Damiano Caruso. Yeah, for a second, I was, I was not sure what the first name of Caruso was because there, back in the day, at the Lampre days, there was Gianluca Caruso or something. So, and I keep Gian getting Paolo them wrong. Caruso. Gianpaolo? Yes. Yes, I'm pretty true. sure. You're right. <laughs> was he the goat when... Who did he lead out? I swear Gianpaolo led out somebody. Oh, I don't know. On, in, in the Ardennes, I did a video on it back in the day. It was on Couture. Purito, Purito. Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. He was the leader in 2014. Those boys were cooking in the Ardennes. Um, Moreno was goated as well in that yeah, team. Yeah, I, I spoke about it to you today. But, um... <laughs> That's <laughs> anyway. funny. Twice in one day. Well, when Remco goes, I, I, 
I'm not being rude about Remco. It's not very interesting. Like, when Remco <laughs> yeah. goes, at no point do you think anyone other than Remco is winning. Like, it just, <laughs> what, he's going to crack in the flat on the valley? No. He's going to extend the gap, so. But it's, it's, it reminds me of Carapaz, but to another level, Benji, when he, yeah. he's won three stages in the KOM, and it's great to see Remco going so well. But back in the, the GC group, not sure if you mentioned, Yumbo were just chilling. Like, they were pacing with, uh, with Hersink. The gap was going out 11, 12 minutes, just as well. Remco lost that extra time the other day. When Caruso dropped, did you think... Uh, I knew Bahrain were going to go on second-last Linares. I knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they just will. And we saw from Especially Remco's after it, yesterday. They have to. But they didn't really. You know what I mean? Like, Bahrain yeah. start... Caruso can't win the stage. We've seen mm-hmm. this a few times this year. Wout van Aert on Lebetex didn't wait for Jonas um, and other riders. you got Caruso ahead, strong but not winning the stage. Perfect. You've got a technical descent coming up. You've got a steep climb. You've got what pulls there. I was surprised that Bahrain didn't use pulls on the first repetition and try and bridge Lander on the technical descent or, or whatever. To, to Caruso or use Caruso as a satellite. They paced with Tiberi, but maybe were they hoping that, I don't know, Uso would just drop off Tiberi's pace? Because they're going slower than Remco. I don't know. I feel like when it comes to Caruso, the gap is also 10 minutes, but he can wait. He can literally stand there and wait if he wants to at the top of the, the Cruz Linares climb because he's dropped before the top. Max Pool also dropped before the top, by the way. So Remco solo. But that descent is... It's very sketchy, as in it's very uh, technical. It was way more technical than I expected it to be, to be honest. Like, it was a proper technical descent. Lots of twisting and turning, lots of steep descents as well in in quick ways. Kind of reminded me of some corners that looked like the Civilio corners you have in uh, in Lombardia sometimes, but even steeper. And when when I saw that descent, I was like, ooh, this is the kind of descent where I'd expect a land not to go on. Or something like that, because Landa's also the kind of guy that goes and descends. But maybe, maybe the descends where I've seen Landa do that are the ones where it's less technical. Or what do you think? I think it's perfect. I think it's perfect. I, I, don't, I don't. I was really surprised because we've seen them do it in the past, and it's yeah. kind of been effect like the the Caruso uh, Giro. This is like the Caruso Giro one, Benji, where he won the stage. Where yep. Bard, I mean, they're not going to win the stage because Remco's 10 minutes ahead, but I was really surprised. And Lander technically on descent, beautiful. Just beautiful. Yep. So, anyway, I'm not, I'm just, I was just surprised. It's just a break from pattern. Maybe, maybe Ayuso, Lander didn't have it. Thing is, Ayuso's also a good descender, eh? Yeah, but he's so, really good. So, I don't expect them to drop Ayuso on the descent anyway, but they could have paced the climb harder, I reckon. And maybe make it a longer climbing effort that way. But that being said, Tiberi, he, he paced that climb really well. And they had that train going with Butrago also there, pools moving up a bit later as well. So they had this full train basically before Landa on that climb. And yeah, that's kind of it. Eh? The gap to the breakaway went, didn't really go down too much on that climb. And there's Tiberi loads of guys in the middle that yeah. we can't see taking the bonies away too. It's not just Caruso and Remco. The bonies on top of the first rep are gone. Yeah, and they arrive at the second Cruz Linares with a gap of 12 minutes, Remco alone. So 
Spoilers, Remco wins the stage. <laughs> let's, let's talk about Remco for a second. Let's give him some okay. limelight. Oh, okay, so Remco okay. wins the stage uh, ahead of Caruso, who doesn't actually wait. Uh, he said yep. he wanted to go for second. That's fair enough. Um, it maybe it made, would have made a difference to move Lander up. Maybe it wouldn't. Um, he committed to Lander yesterday. Crone uh, third, Pool fourth, Orsolin fifth, Bernard sixth, Bernal seventh. That's the rest of the breakaway. But they're all on like Remco beat Caruso by 444. Yep. I mean, 444. So, I don't know. It's weird because not every GC rider in the top five today yeah. could do what Remco did today. Like yep. an all-out, all-day, ride in the flats and win by that margin. So he is stronger than, say, I don't know, Mars couldn't do it or Autobrooks or Lander, but how does he feel about? I mean, he was he crossed the line, tapping his head. I think he dedicated um, the win to his wife, I guess, um, yeah. as well. How does he feel about this and another dominant win uh, in this Vuelta? I think that first of all, he came to this Vuelta for GC. So obviously, GC was the goal to begin with. He set top three at the start, but I, I would rather believe that he wanted to win the race. Like, let's be honest about it, Remco won last year, he wants to win yeah, the Vuelta yeah. again. So, that's the expected thing. He falls through the eyes on the Obis to the point that loses 27 minutes. I believe that if he realistically stayed at his limit for the entire stage, he would have lost like 10 to 15 minutes. So, it was a good decision to lose more time on the turmoil itself, because that allowed him to go in the breakaway and makes him already think about the coming stages, because if it indeed was one day that was bad, he can try and fight back from that. GC is gone. Like, that is gone. But the second best thing, it's not the second best thing, but the best thing that you can do is try and get as much out of it as possible from that point onwards, eh? And seeing him win two more stages with a chance to win another stage on stage 20, in For my sure. opinion, that's definitely possible. Or tomorrow. <laughs> it's arguably as best as possible what he could come back for in the same way that Carapaz did in that Vuelta. Was it last year? Also KOM jersey. I personally don't care yeah. too much about it, but you might as well Carapaz take it with you. didn't win from the GC group on one of the stages, no? It was all breaks. I do not remember. I do not remember at all. I doubt all. it. No way he won from the GC group on one of the stages. Um, has, to be a, has to be from the break. But uh, I believe that a fourth one is possible for Remco. And yeah, it's, it's not winning GC, and he's probably going to realize that. And he said in an interview today, Something along the lines of, I'm, I'm like quoting it in my own words because I don't remember the exact words he said, but he said something along the lines of, it's fun doing this for a bit, as in getting stages, trying to get KOM and so forth, but I also don't want to do this every single Grand Tour, pointing at the fact that he wants to ride for GC at Grand Tours and not the consolation prize of KOM plus three stage wins. Yeah, it's, it makes sense that... I, I think it's good that he's done this because they now have more data on how he recovers in a third week because they didn't yep. really like the Vuelta last year. He won fair and square. He was going to win that Vuelta. That Vuelta did not have Tourmalet stage, the Angleroo in it in the third week, this Cruz de Linares, this, yep. you know, it was, it was soft that Pional, Pional and the uh, stage 20, they are not the same as this third week. So now they have data from that, which they didn't have from the previous two Giros. Yep. For various reasons so that's good um and it's yeah, better than yeah. having your gc leader abandon after 
losing 27 minutes and not winning a stage and so and forth. And there's nothing so. else in the season to prepare for. You gotta yep. go sit at home. <laughs> Literally, so like, wait till Lombardia in a month. So yeah, they did the right thing and instead of moping, he got on out there and won. And I think that shows a lot of, maybe that's why he tapped his head, the mental resilience um, that he has. So yeah, fantastic. 50th win as well. So 50 wins by the age of, how old is he? 23. 50 Crazy. pro wins. Crazy. Anyway, uh, GC group, uh, Bahrain are moving uh, on the first climb, as we said, of Lunares. But then in the Valley, Benji, we see a boar, a team attack. Dens <laughs> leading out Vlasov. And before the day, Vlasov started on GC, I think well, in eighth? No. Seven, about eighth. that attack, I feel like there were multiple riders involved to the point that Dens was dropping from the breakaway. I was the Two break. other Bora riders plus a Burgos rider bridged to Dens. Vlasov was one of the two Bora riders that jumped to Dens's wheel, together with Pelayo Sanchez and. The other Lewis. Bora rider. I, I don't Lewis know who it was. It, it was a Bora rider, 100%. Oh, really? And I do not know who the... Um, uh, well, no. uh, Keon, Keon wasn't there. So no. he was in the group. That's what I mean. Yeah. And Askey was there from the break or something. Was uh, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. FTJ rider. Um, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but I'm actually not sure. Peleo, <laughs> Peleo Sanchez... Uh, he's actually been quite good in this race for Burgos Biace. He's not a bad rider, but yeah. Mate, I, <laughs> he tried to drop Vlasov a bit later. I know. Uh, disrespect. He sat on. I mean, Vlasov <laughs> was sitting on two with Dennis Hazy. What, what are they trying to do here? Because yeah, Vlasov starting the day on 7.38. He's 55 seconds behind Otterbrooks. That's Toby Yonoff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 55 seconds behind Count. Is he trying to expose an isolated mass? Or an isolated Ayuso? So the, what's he trying to do here? I believe he's trying to anticipate the climb that's coming because on the climb before, he was dangling at the back already when they topped. So I reckon it's just trying to anticipate the climb, knowing that Yumbo is not going to be chasing you down and then seeing if someone else does instead. And someone else did. As in, we saw Yui a bit later. So they were in the front of the tiny bit for like 10, 15 second gap max. And then Yui moved to the front and they started pacing and... That is for Ayuso, and that's because they don't want Vlasov to suddenly start rolling other riders in G. Was it, was it for Ayuso? Let me check GC, actually. Has to, no, it'd be Almeida GC position. Almeida, right? Eh? <laughs> it might be Almeida, so that Almeida doesn't lose his ninth spot, or he can attack Vlasov and, and go ahead of him, because he's yeah. just behind. I don't, I don't know, honestly. Um, I it reckon do- it's for Almeida. Okay. It was doomed to not really happen. Um... On the climb, Mark Soler actually starts pacing really hard at the base for a brief moment for Ayuso. Yeah. And then Walt Pools comes over and says, hey, I'm the third week guy. And he starts <laughs> driving it. And the group starts to thin out. Vlasov's dropped, Almeida's dropped, Steph Kras has dropped. We're wondering, we're looking at Koos thinking, okay, there might be a truce, but if he has a wobble, a bad wobble, and he's dropped by Pools or something, what's going to happen then? But that didn't happen Pulls paces, reduces the group uh, to launch Lander. Lander does duly attack. Ayuso marks him. Uh, Vingegaard actually then starts pacing. No, neither Vingegaard nor Roglic react. Vingegaard starts steady pacing Koos back to Lander and Ayuso. And it was at that point that GC Koos was looking pretty secure. When we saw Vingegaard pacing steadily, no one responding, Koos in the wheel. 
it's the truce has been called. They're really defending Coos uh, at that point. So, um, uh, but yeah, it was it was good to see. Um, but it's not actually that interesting, is it? You're muted, Benji. Like, it's not the most entertaining outcome of the race, but in reality, it's like, it's a scenario that is the, the most logical when you've got a leader in the, in the GC jersey, in the red jersey, knowing that he's likely the third best rider in the race anyway. So he's better than all the competition outside of your team. So it is logical that you support him then to take the red jersey, in my head at least. And we saw Jonas Vingegaard doing that. There, was this, there were a few funny moments on the final clan. I won't lie. There were a few pretty good funny moments and I would argue that there's this one moment where Ayuso makes a move. Ayuso tries to attack the group and Kuz responds. And when Kuz responds to Ayuso, that's when we see in the back Vingar kind of like looking at Roglic and Roglic then just riding in the, in the last wheel. So he's the one that then attaches him to the back of the group and then Vingo gets in the wheel of Roglic. And in the meanwhile, Kuz decides, I'm going to try and keep going for a bit. I'm going to try and go for a bit. And, and then Vingo's in the back on his radio. And <laughs> I wonder if he was saying like, I didn't see the Yumbo Twitter account today saying, go guys. <laughs> but no, no, no. He was, I don't know what he was saying. He was probably saying, oh, calm down, calm down, calm down, calm down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and then he comes back to the front. Pools had done a Wapanard on Juplan and came back to the front. Um, but yeah, he comes back to the front of Vingegaard and they basically ride it in. Ayuso sprints, uh, trying to gap Lander at the end, which I think he did not. I think he did do, which he does uh, narrowly. Kus is with them. Vingegaard, after pulling, uh, is gapped a little bit. And yeah, the, the GC guys, the Battle of Spain, Benji. Yeah. Because um, we're going to put Kus in there too, maybe. I uh, wouldn't like, nah, he's Catalonian. Uh, honorary Catalonian and Andorran. <laughs> Ayuso, Mars, Lander all attacking each other with Kus in the mix. Uh, they finish on the same time as Roglic. Lander, sorry, three seconds behind that group. Vingegaard loses nine seconds to Kus's group. So that's a, a little bit of... Yeah, that, that doubles the gap almost to from Kus to Vingegaard. A little bit of breathing room that it's not just some bonus seconds accidentally can... You know, eight seconds is yeah. a very, very anxious gap to have, even if he is riding for you. So now Kus is 17 seconds ahead of Vingegaard. Roglic is on 108, uh, a little bit closer. Now fifth, I can't count, 51 seconds, I think, ahead of Vingegaard. Ayuso still on four minutes. Lander's on 419. He lost, yeah, loses a bit to, to Ayuso. Um, and Mars is on 430. Otterbrook's on 737. Vlasov, 835. Almeida, 1020. Santi, 1220. No changes at all, despite people dropping early uh, in the top 10 or even in the top 12. So... Yeah, the, the previous climbs really ironed out where people deserve to be and they're staying yep. there on the, on the next stages. So I guess they got a lot of criticism yesterday, Benji, but mm -hmm. Jumbo Visma, I think, got it, got it right today and it's a big turnaround. 100%. It, would, it would have been a lot of hard conversations and things to do. So like credit to, uh, yeah, like Grisha, Mark, and and Franz, I think, Wadi Angles at the race, and Moraine and Plugger for doing that, because it's not easy. Like it is an unprecedented, as you said yesterday. Like it's different when the domestique wants to break free and he's the strongest. Yeah. We've got the leader. It, this this will probably never happen again. It's 
it's people management and ambition management of those writers towards the future as well. As in, it's people management where they want to have Sepka's rewarded for the work he's done for the team in the past. On the other end, they want to make sure that Roglic feels that this team still values him as a co-leader for the future. And on the other end, you've got, you want to make sure that Jonas knows that he's the the best GC rider on the roster. Well, they probably won't say it like that when Roglic is in the room, but they want to keep Vinga also happy because the, he's the guy that's going to win Grand Tours for them in the next, like, five years. So that, that's, I, I reckon, the three parties you have there. And I wonder if, like, let's say the evening before, uh, before today, you had, like, uh, an anonymous poll within every single Yumbo rider. I wonder who they would have voted for to win the race. <laughs> I reckon it's it would be 100% Kuz. And Otherwise, I think, it wouldn't happen like this. Exactly. And I, I also... Nice to see, you know, like as a cycling fan, in my opinion, that someone that you see working all the time finally gets rewarded and gets a, gets a, a major victory. It's not done yet. We are celebrating early, but I would reckon they would try the same on stage 20 bar crashes bar punctures bar opponents tactics that might have to force them to choose another leader that's all possible still although the stage doesn't really sh show that yeah. for me personally but and as a strongest team for apart yeah. from maybe movistar yeah exactly one more thing one more thing there something happened after the race uh a yumbo yeah. staff member got attacked by a policeman as in i don't know what actually it, caused it, it yeah they don't show the start of the clip but it, yeah, I, I think it's on the way back down. He's trying to clear the road. The police, maybe, and they they like they like pull him on the ground, maybe accidentally, maybe on purpose. But it looked like they were trying to keep him on the ground while someone else from Yumbo, I don't know who it was, can't recognize people from the back of their head. But someone was trying to like be like, "Hey guys, he's with he's with us," which bit of a weird situation. It was but art, I think. The was it art? Well. Let's hold. Let's manager. hold the guys. The guys, okay. That got thrown into the floor. That's for sure. Yeah. The, like, the and with the Covetous, I get with the Covetous one here the other day. Yeah. The police. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny though. <laughs> the Spanish police are built different. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've done great jobs at the start of this race in in making sure there's no activities that could cause injuries towards the riders, like the. The oil incident where we thought it was uh well that's what I mean, like they take it really seriously. Yeah. Um every and yeah, maybe there's yeah, obviously well, I don't really know what happened, but didn't look great. Uh that's for sure. But yeah, Yumbo Visa look like they, they got this GC wrapped up, Benji. Um as I said, like for for pro podcasters, unfortunately they didn't give us <laughs> a lot to talk about today. But uh, I mean, yeah. I could use the calm for a second. <laughs> it feels better than yesterday. I think everyone, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, more wholesome. What do you think about the, oh, it's dishonorable to the race? I don't really care. I think it's honest, up to like, the other teams. Yeah. If you want them to not do this, then Ayusa needs to be closer, or Mas, or Landa, yeah. or Rempo. It's embarrassing for the other teams that there's a team that can choose between three leaders after after 18 days in a Grand Tour, which means yeah. that all those three riders are better than every single GC rider on the other teams. Well, that's the and thing. That Kuz was is the case better here. than the other guys. Um. Exactly. And that, that's, a, that's a major point because if like, if Kuz drops, then for me, it's fine that Vingegaard and 
Roglic follow Ayuso, for example. Because then Kuz is falling through the eyes, and then he's like the obvious weak link, but he's better than the other GC riders in this race, and that's what makes the, the big difference for me. But hey, there, there's going to be that side that says, oh, the best riders should win and so forth, and I'd argue that that's probably going to change depending on who it is. What if the best As rider in, decides he's happy for Kuz to win? Switch it out for a second. Yeah, I agree with you, by the way. I reckon Jonas Vingo is happy for, for Kuz to win. That's how I perceive him as a person. But if I take a look at the other situation, let's say Vingo was a minute ahead of Kuz and Roglic, this discussion wouldn't even be happening. But that is also because Vingo's a better rider. And what he was, he was like slipping a little bit. Yeah. Kuz would wait. 100%. Yeah, for sure Kuz would wait. Yeah, yeah, Kuz would wait. In every situation, I think. Probably. I don't know. If he was on 30 seconds. Yeah, he probably waits. This probably isn't... He's also, probably, yeah. It's kind of what he's used to as, a, as his role. So it's I reckon he's... a default position, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, it's like, it's very difficult to say. I have this opinion of this race. I find it very good that they're choosing GC Kuz as their leader towards this final week. Even if that fails, they have backup options in both Vingegaard and Roglic, so they won't be complaining about whether that position switches if Kuz falls through the eyes. It would be sad for Kuz, but in general, that's the case. Vingegaard is undoubtedly, in my opinion, the strongest rider in this race, GC-wise. He's the strongest GC rider in the world right now and on the roster of this team. But Roglic is definitely showing on Angliru and... Yeah, he was impressive Over the yesterday. course of this race, also on the Giro, for example, that is still at that level. And it's going to be very intriguing to do the uh, GC rider awards at the end of the year, because what do you say about a rider that won the Giro and gets third in the Vuelta versus Pogacar as a GC rider that can't win the Tour de France? Is that as a rider, I see Pogacar being better than Roglic as a GC rider. But Roglic is more successful as a GC rider. Yeah, yeah, Roglic won, yeah. Catalonia, Tirreno, and, uh, and the Giro, and he could have won this, but for his, the other two teammates. So, yeah, it's, it's tough to say, but then the Tour is the Tour. Everyone wants to win the Tour, so, or, or podium the Tour, which Poggy did, yeah. he came second. So how do you weight that? I don't know. How do you think this affects next year? I don't think Roglic will be extremely happy at the tour. These three at the tour? Because they did, they, they, walked, they walked everybody to the brink yesterday and then they saved it today. They did save it today yeah, by like, working for good. But Koos probably not going to be in this position. If Koos was fu fully out of GC and on the Anglaroo, Jonas and Rog got the green light to attack each other with the others dropped. I think people, I think that's play on. They both, if you're Did both, you? if you both say Jonas is in red by yeah. 50 seconds yeah. from getting a break, or not getting a break from Tourmalet, Koos is just fully like gone, like he's not yeah. out of GC or not here. And they've been told before the race, you're co-leaders. On Anglaroo in the last three Ks, surely they're allowed to duke it out. Probably yeah. should allowed to have a crack. Yeah, I think so as well, because those are like... And also, if they, if they drop each other, then it depends on how they see it, eh? Like... The team doesn't lose out if they drop each other. They still go 1-2 as long exactly. as there's no one behind. 
and there's no PR damage in the same way that Kuz getting dropped was yeah. yesterday, for example. So I reckon that 1v1 would be probably cool to see, and I wouldn't mind it at all. And it's also not a feeling between the two of like, oh, this, this guy worked for me, so yeah, let's give it back to this anything. person. Uh, maybe the team decides, okay, uh, they could either, either go with Vingal's going to win a lot in the future, maybe we want him to win, or Roglic, he's going to, he needs to be rewarded for all the years that he's basically built us up as our main GC rider, because he was the guy that made Yumbo for a portion of years as well in the past. Yeah, yeah. So that also deserves something. So put that against each other as a team. I reckon they would allow them to, uh, to fight it out for the, for the strongest who wins. And I think it would feel... I think there are situations where two leaders attacking each other would feel normal to watch and everyone would, have, would be on the same page. Like, otherwise, yeah. you can't say that they're co-leaders going into the race um, because really it's whoever gets in the lead first has to then be protected after a week and a half, which that's not really yep. co-leadership. Anyway, tomorrow's stage we should preview. Uh, La Beneza to Iscar. I don't know where we are in the world. We're in Spain, 178Ks, and we're in the middle of it, uh, probably coming down yeah. from the Asturias. Well, I, I know where we are now. We're going towards Madrid, south of Burgos. Uh, flat, not, not even one categorized climb. There's an intermediate sprint, 20Ks to the finish, where Caden Groves will probably be going for those. And there is a... God, it is straight. Um, they basically go straight for, I don't know, so many Ks. Then there's one right-hand turn with 2Ks to go, and then it's just a straight finish in the Escar. It uh, looks like it's before the town even starts properly. This should be a high-speed sprint. Easy day. Breakaway, there's not much in the way of hills to give them anything. And I think Alberson, they will be wanting a Burgos Biache under Okamika break special. Yep. So I can't go past Groves. Um, me, probably the same, but oh, I want to go for someone else. So I'm going to go for Molano again. If he's still in the race, I didn't oh, check. Oh, true, he's still here, but, is he? Well, then I'll go for Milano. But one more thing quickly about the previous ar argument we may had. Oh, yeah, sorry, I think I we'll just go in, into this like... I think we'll go into this in-depthly if we do a, a Vuelta recap afterwards. Yeah. But I also think like when you have two leaders, this is a lot position there in it. It's unlikely that this happened at the Tour de France, in my opinion, with Pogacar there and so forth. Pogacar's... I, I rate the chance of Pogacar being better than at least one of the two Yumbo riders in that race higher and that they will have to make choices in that way tactically and therefore using uh, a rider that is a minute behind the gc to attack early for your other rider to benefit later all that kind of strategies are also on the table eh? so that's well, one thing we can't overlook well usually usually yeah poggy is so good and so close or ahead that you have to try anything attacking early yeah and it's all justifiable because you're trying to beat poggy and you don't have this luxury position of three guys four minutes ahead it's just where the position Yumbo found themselves in this year. Um, but yeah, uh, you went for Milano, he still is in the race. Uh, also, Sivakov has been doing really well. Uh, I just want to give him a quick shout out for yep. Ineos uh, in both Canada. And then three days later, he turned up in Italy, won Giro della Toscana, uh, Poggi's first race back, and the second today behind he or she. So he's mopping up the points, but uh, UAE more so, they went 1-3 one, one, today with Poggi and he or she. And this is what Poggi does. Starts slow and is build back to Lombardia, and then usually by Lombardia, or the race before, he's absolutely crushing it. Like Emilia last year, Mas dropped him, and yep. then Lombardia was fine. So, um, Italian classics, they're starting. Uh, Emilia's usually when I tune in, to be honest. Uh, I'm going to Madrid tomorrow. 
flying to Madrid tomorrow. Uh, Benji might be doing a solo pod, but I, I will try joining on the phone. Uh, we'll see if I can do it from the <laughs> airport and join in on the phone. Thanks to Morton for sponsoring this episode, and we'll see you with the recap tomorrow. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.